Oh, good evening. It's myself, Gav Mac, and oh, look at that handsome beard of Adam the Greek Harilau. How are you, bud? I'm all right, mate. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. Welcome to Two Up Top, the regular football show. We do bits and bobs all over the place. We have reviews, we have previews, we have our top fives, and we just talk general crap about football for half hour or an hour or however long we decide to stay on the air for. Um, but today, we can't go on too long because we've got to watch Man City versus Burnley. So on today's show, we have got, well, we're going to talk about embarrassing Arsenal. Um, because they are an absolute embarrassment. Um, big club, um, love them. Um, Palace's push, um, you know, P- Palace are, are, re- are really going for it, um, which is which is nice to see. Um, the Merseyside derby and uh, the midweek preview. Uh, so there's a few bits and bobs going on on today's show. Uh, and if you look underneath, um, and you'll be able to see them going along the bottom of your screen. You'll be able to see all our social media links. It's at to Top Football on everything. Um, so that is Twitter, Instagram, um, Facebook, YouTube, you name it. And um, also on Anchor FM, if you can't be able to see our handsome faces, but you much rather listen to our lovely voices instead. Um where shall we start, Haridal? Um We won't start with the Merseyside derby. Um, we'll come to that in a bit. Um, but um, let's talk about... Uh, let's talk about the first game of yesterday. Why the hell not? Um, Newcastle. Oh, wrong, wrong, wrong ad. There you go. Um, so that's, 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 that's a great start, isn't it? Um, we will be talking about... Uh, where are we going to go? Let's, 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 let's preview the game today um man city versus burnley why don't we talk about that where where do you see this one going where do you see it being won and lost um same as what i said the other day with city uh they've just got so much quality and the um the five subs off the bench are gonna really are gonna really help them they've had an extra day with the other teams that played in midweek as well so i'm expecting them to be really fresh i do think burnley will be will be in the game and they'll they'll play a typical Burnley way. I think Burnley will be obviously very happy to let Man City have the ball and they'll sit back and then I I, I just think I just think City'll have too much quality for them. So I'm 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 predicting a three nil City tonight. Do you know what I said three nil as well. I, I literally did. So I, I think what what's gonna happen in, in the game today is I, I feel that Man City will just let Burnley try and play football and then be like don't be silly you know like it's almost like if, if you're at school you see a bunch of year sevens playing football and then the 11 year 11s wander over it's like no mate that's not how you do it and they literally take the ball back and, and, and smash them up um i haven't got the team news to hand at the moment um i'm hoping that will come through in a few moments time but it is live on sky sports uh, later on tonight so within the hour and i imagine sergio aguero will have something to say in that game I can't imagine people uh, wanting to tune into Northampton uh, versus Cheltenham. So I, I think that that would be the game to go for tonight. Why the hell not? Why the hell not? Right. Um, yesterday's games. Um, Newcastle, three. Uh, Sheffield United, nil. Um, the goals came from Sam Maximam, um, Matt Ritchie. Um, he, he bagged as well. And the world-class striker, that is Joe Linton. He also scored as well. So... Uh, what do you <laughs> break break down that game? What 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 do you think of that? I mean, like at half time, you you wouldn't have predicted that it would go this way, but you know, Johnny Johnny can it already he picked up a yellow card in the first half, and then to, why why make such a silly tackle like that? Well, the challenge like that in order to get yourself sent off. 
Yeah, it's an interesting one because I actually think Newcastle were the better team up until that point as well. Um, I feel like Sheffield weren't really on it with controlling St. Maximum and the wide play of Newcastle was causing all sorts of problems. If Joel Linton was a half-decent striker, they could have had a couple of goals in the first half. He got sent clear. Uh, Shelby looked really on his game yesterday as well and was really causing problems in midfield. Sheffield haven't really got going because they were poor, really poor against um, Aston Villa and Villa probably would have felt hard done by in the first game last week. Um, it, yeah, Newcastle, For I, I feel like it's an interesting one with them because they don't really have an identity either. But they've sort of landed themselves in this position now where, you know, we can talk about like Crystal Palace having a push for Europe and stuff. You know, Newcastle are a point behind. So they're four points off of Spurs who are in eighth place. So, you know, we're talking about Europe and things like that for, for other teams. Yeah, the, the, t- the, the table is very, very weird, isn't it? It doesn't really tell the whole story of what's going on. You know, like you look at, you know, Liverpool, it's, it's just a matter of time. We're just waiting for them to lift up the trophy. I think they're just trying to toy with us a little bit just to keep our interests it's involved. Been a, it's been a few years since, I think, the, the main challengers who are seen as Man City have really sort of relinquished any any sort of challenge. Uh, so what it's done is it's backed the rest of the table up all the way up until eighth. And it's obviously looking like eighth is going to be enough for a European spot, given City's potential ban. Everyone seems to think it's going to be a year rather than two. It'll be appealed, obviously, um, at the Court of Arbitration of Sport. Um, Newcastle, you know, I wonder whether a lot of those players and Villa players as well in the game yesterday, because there was... Um, it's, it's an interesting one because... Those teams that are sort of, you know, Villa are obviously on the look to go down. They play each other next. This is the point we're trying to make here, mm. is that, you know, th- those players at Newcastle and teams like Villa, you know, Villa go down and Newcastle obviously on about the takeover. And then, you know, those players are going to want to shop window themselves because I can't expect, you know, I don't I don't think, you know, Steve Bruce has done an amazing job at Newcastle. Given the- uh, he is <laughs> he's relatively underrated, isn't he? I think there's a lot of Newcastle fans that can see some money coming in and they just want some some flagship name to take over. But it doesn't always work like that. And sometimes you need to work with what you've got and add to your, your repertoire rather than trying to do this mad overhaul. You know, there's talk of Poch taking over. There's talk of transfer... Transfers including Edison Cavani, um, Chiro Immobile. You know, are these names really going to be wanting to join Newcastle? You know, it's chilly up north, isn't it? Or is it just going to be the money that's going to be talking? It's an interesting one. But we we talk about Sheffield United and the fact that Chris Wilder's had you know four years with the club now, which is why they've done very well. It's a very settled squad. He made Premier League additions. Yeah. Um, and you know they've they've had a really good season up until this point. So you know, touching on Sheffield again and. You know they were they were really really poor. Uh, they just didn't they didn't look like they were in the game in the first half, and it looked like all Newcastle. And again, the Saint Maximum. It, you know, if Wolves are going to looking like they're going to lose Traore, then the logical choice would be to replace him like for like with a player who is almost exactly like him. And you know they couldn't handle his physicality and his running. He's so quick, and you know he knows he's obviously knows his way to goal as well. I think obviously you know looking at looking at the mistake. Um, you know, it's not something you expect. Uh, I'm trying to find it on my notes here. So it's not something that you, you you would expect from you know a team like Sheffield who are well drilled and usually very very focused. But mm. it's quite alarming for them, given the fact that they are within a sniff of Champions League places. 
they would have been expected to get three points against Villa and probably expected to get three points against Newcastle. So to get one point from those two games is really poor showing for them. And Chris Wilder was not happy. Yeah, and Chris Wilder, we, we, we know uh, if, if people are watching the show for the first time, we are both from Northampton. Uh, so we are aware of, of, of Chris Wilder being at the helm of of Northampton Town Football Club, the Cobblers as they as they're known as. So we know what type of manager that Chris Wilder is. He's not going to be very happy with that. But there is still time to turn it around, and they are a very astute side. The issue is that their next game, uh, if we have a little look at their next game, is against Manchester United on Wednesday night, which is live on Sky Sports at six o'clock. If you want to watch that, it's also my stepson's birthday. He's going to be five, so make sure everybody wishes Harry a little happy birthday on Wednesday. Um, but yeah. Sheffield United, they're going to be without Dean Henderson for this game, who didn't have his best game against Newcastle. But because it's his parent club, they're you know they're going to be without him. They're going to be without John Egan. What what are Sheffield United going to be able to do, and what are they hoping to expect against Man United, who at points in that Spurs game looked like Manchester United of old? Yeah, this is that's why I put here. It's you know, it's hugely important for both teams. I think Man United really need to cement themselves as, you know, they're a Champions League club. You know, they're, 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 the, they're the, you know, aside from Liverpool, the biggest club in England, one of the biggest clubs in the world. They need to get Champions League this year with the statements they want to make, with the players they want to sign. Because players like Pogba, if, if he is going to stick around, that all depends on, you know, Champions League football. Not that they do want him to stick around, but, you know, they're looking at bringing in the likes of, people like Sancho, you know, they really need to be in that premier competition. Mm. And like I say, with City being out of it for a year, that is a chance for them to bridge the gap somewhat. You know, Chelsea have made a statement of intent signing Timo Werner. It's looking likely that they're going to sign Havertz, which is a huge signing for any club in Europe. Yeah, he's an amazing player. So it's, it's, you know, Chelsea are looking to bridge the gap with Liverpool and Man City. You know, I think Manchester United should look to bridge the gap and what with Chelsea and really sort of try and keep up to speed because if you fall behind in this game, you know, look at Arsenal, for example, you're going to fall behind because that top sort of seven, eight clubs now, that's what, that's what they're really looking at is, you know, signing the top quality players. Wolves have got clout in the transfer market these days. It's, it's very, very competitive and a lot of players want to come to England because it is the best league in the world. It is indeed. And there's one um, thing that I, I, I sort of breezed over it with the Newcastle game, but um, I just need to show everybody at home um, <laughs> what the hell is going on with Andy Carroll and his new new setup there. Um, <laughs> what is going on with that? Are you having that? I, I can't. I'm not, I don't think I'm going to be doing it anytime soon, to be honest. I've got no chin, so. <laughs> that did come along um but um well, let's um oh the other game that happened on on sunday was the game at villa park um aston villa one chelsea two aston villa took the lead with a with a house goal uh Hawes, i should call him corny Hawes is it um that we should call him uh, just before half time and then on the hour mark pretty much two goals in two minutes with with christian pulisic and Oliver Giroud. Now, I really liked Oliver Giroud's goal and his movement. And I know many Arsenal fans out there will be like, oh, Oli Giroud's not all that, not all that. No, me, I absolutely love Oli Giroud and what he brings to the team. Look at what he did in the World Cup. He didn't get any goals, did he? Everyone's kicking off about him. What was his link-up play like? He's, he was the glue that 
organise that front line and just little little knockoffs, like you know, little little tap back and like find little pockets of space. That is exactly what Ollie Giroud is about. He holds up the ball very well. I didn't appreciate it until I saw him live a few years ago at the Emirates. And when you watch his physicality and his presence, and this is why I think yesterday he got the nod over Abraham because Hawes and Mings are a very, very physical presence. And you can imagine players like that trying to bully Abraham. And, you know, really, they can't, they can't play Abraham on the last shoulder if that was what the plan was. I thought they played a pretty high line, Villa, to be fair, though, which was a dangerous game. And Chelsea, to be fair, the way they were moving the ball around, even when they were 1-0 you know, down and the game was at 0-0, I thought Chelsea looked really, really good yesterday. So I was actually a little bit impressed with them. If they can keep up that for the nine games, then they're assuming for the Champions League place. Oh, well, why not? You know, they're, they're in the top four. They're, they're enjoying themselves at the moment. What I love is the fact that there is so much young talent knocking around there. Yes, they are able to spend again now. It's almost like a like a, a free ticket this first half, this first season for, for Frank Lampard. But at the same time, he's gone out there, as you mentioned already before, he's bought Timo Werner. He's not a 28, 29-year-old proven striker. Yes, you could say that he's proven to a degree, but he's 23. So the, the youth mentality is still there, which I really enjoy. And I can see the way Leipzig play football, they play with the front three. So, and, and, and Timo Werner could do any of those areas in the front three. He could play wide left, he could play wide right, he could play through the middle. So this works out brilliantly for Chelsea going forwards. And it's because I know that some Chelsea fans will be thinking, oh, we I don't know if we're going to be able to play play Tammy Abraham anymore. Well, yes, you can with, with Timo Werner because Timo Werner could cut him from the left. The joy with, with, with Tammy Abraham, he can hold a ball up and it can, it can feed anyone into the game. So they'll have Zayic on one side, Werner on the other side. He's going to be an absolute focal point for, for oh, Chelsea going forward. Depending on what Chelsea do, because they, they complain of... At least the thing with Chelsea at the moment is that they kind of remind me of Spurs from a few years ago. They've played a few different systems this year. So I do wonder whether they're going to put Ziyech in that 10 and just allow him to have a free roll, sort of like Modric was given uh, by Redknapp at Tottenham a few years mm. back when, when he came in. I, I can And, you know, why not play two up top? Uh, little fun there. Oh, uh, good, good, good plug, good plug. Like that. You know, why, not, why not go with Werner and Tammy Abraham? Because they're, I mean, Tammy Abraham's a great goal scorer and he's young and he, you know, he, for me, going forward, he's, he's got to have a place in the England team because he's proven it this season. You know, he did it in the Championship last year. A lot of Villa fans said he was a little bit unreliable at times and, you know, he couldn't always finish his dinner. But at the end of the day, I think he scored 25, 26 goals. So he he's did. Not that. And this season, you know, he's their top scorer. So it's nothing... And again, you know, having options like Giroud gives them a different dimension because, you know, when they come up against really physical centre-backs, like someone like Mings and, 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 um, and Horst, you know, that was, that was the move that really worked for Chelsea because, you know, Giroud was dropping in and, you know, at times sitting on the last shoulder and they were so preoccupied with that, it allowed Mount to pull the strings just behind. And, you know, I, I've written a little side note about Mount here. So we, we, I've spoken about it so many times, obviously, you know, having to watch Championship about, you know, players that take that step up. You know, we've seen James Madison do it um, when, you know, at Leicester. And he, you know, people talk about a big money move for him all the time and being the future of England. Um, you know, Mason Mount has gone from, you know, a, a, a Derby team that lost in the playoff final. But they weren't, they weren't a great, you know, squad to look at. You look at, you know, West Brom in the Championship or even <clears> Fulham. <throat> There's Premier League players there. You know, again, I'm, I'm a Leeds fan. I don't have to... 
I don't want to talk wax lyrical about Frank Lampard Derby anytime soon or anything like that. But at the end of the day, they overachieved. But, you know, those players can't, can't be overstated how important they are. And obviously you look at, again, you know, Mason Mount and the progress he's made coming into a Chelsea team, playing in the Champions League and, you know, performing and performing yeah. at this stage. I've not been overly impressed with some players. You know, I don't want to bleed into the Liverpool game. Like they've come out from, you know, lockdown and they've, they've come into the team and, you know, Grealish, for example, yesterday, they, they really kept him out of the game. And, and they, that's why Villa, they have no creative outlet. But Grealish wasn't allowed to do it. They kept fouling him here and there. I think Grealish is now the most fouled player. He's the most fouled player in the Premier League this season. It's ridiculous. With, with nine games, do you know what I mean? To go, like, it's, it's ridiculous. Like, how, but they, can't allow, they didn't allow him to influence the game in that way, that he can. So he really struggled. I, I think, regardless of Villa's fate, I think Grealish isn't going to be there next year. I think it looks like a, lot, lot, a logical thing to do would be a team like an Arsenal or a Man United who need that kind of a player. So, but you know, Mason Mount was was phenomenal yesterday, and the way they moved the ball, you know, it's interesting to see Ross Barkley's had like a long time in the Prem, and he's got a lot of experience. Yet, you know, he, he can come on and do very little. And you know, Mount in the first half yesterday, although they you know they, they went in down at half time, he was phenomenal, and he was he was very influential. I, I was a little bit of a critic of Mason Mount as well, not not necessarily what he did at the, at the beginning of the season, because at the beginning of the season he was. <laughs> unplayable and I was kicking off I was, I was on, on team Madison I, I'm, I've got a lot of time for, for James Madison I expected I, it's weird so I sort of expected Mason Mount to continue his form all the way through but I have to remember sometimes that one he is young two this is the first full season in the Premier League so I need to get off his back a little bit um, couple of comments before I continue um, Jamie Benkert's watching the show um, says yes boys hello Jamie how are you pal um, uh, Richard Saber. Big fan of Sava, as everyone knows, he's he's the he's the 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 main guy at a Spursy podcast. I've mentioned a Spursy podcast before. I've shared their stuff on my page as well. So um, a Spursy podcast. If you're a Tottenham fan, that is the only place where you should ever look for Tottenham stuff. And if you're not a Tottenham fan, it's actually quite an informative show. So make sure you tune into his stuff. It's brilliant stuff. And um, just going back, uh, Richard Savvy also said that uh, Sir Maximam is a baller. I think he might be trying to tap him up at Spurs. Right. It is our time for our section. One second. Here we go. What's our Everton? Yes, it's our section of what's our Everton. And... <laughs> Oh, it's nice to have a jingle for it. Right. Um, Everton nil, Liverpool nil. Um, so, should we move on? <laughs> it wasn't the greatest spectacle. I wasn't... Uh, I, I, I don't know what I was going to expect, really. You know, we've watched all the Bundesliga since its return. We know it's taken a little bit of time for it to work. We shouldn't be expecting high intensity from the Premier League game straight away. However, this game was dog. I've, I've written here that Liverpool didn't get out of training gear, and that's not to say that Everton are poor and Liverpool had the game in you know in their you know in their grasp if they really wanted to. I've, I've thought I've, I've written a lot of things about Everton here and about them moving forward. We spoke a bit about it earlier. Um, Liverpool, Liverpool have won the title, and it's not. That's not disrespectful to the Premier League that they're taking their foot off the gas. This is an unprecedented situation. I've no doubt in my mind 
that you know if this if lockdown hadn't happened and, and all this all this madness, then Liverpool would have gone into this game extremely confident. They've had a little bit more time with Ancelotti, Everton, and I'm going to focus on Everton because Liverpool are. We know about Liverpool. We know everything, everything we need to know about Liverpool. Everton, Everton are in that weird zone, the same as you know Newcastle, the same as Palace, same as Burnley, mm. same same as Arsenal. You know, I think they're only a point behind Arsenal. Um, <laughs> apologies. What are Everton? My, what question are Everton? Is, my, my question is, what what are Everton going to become? So, you know, oh, again... Okay. We, oh, so it's a, diff- a different angle. Okay. Um, so go go for is, it. So, you know, there's, they've got a spine, is what they've got. So, you know, they've got Keenan Holgate. They've got Gomez and Davies in the middle. And Davies, when you watch him, uh, Mate, so much, I love so Tom Davies. I've been banging on about him since my FM 15 game. And uh, FM 17 it was. And I, I raised him out, out, out of the kids. And I brought him forwards. And I was like, oi, watch out for him. What a player he is. He's, he's, he's got every element to his game. He just needs a little bit more discipline, I think. Especially going into the final third. Mm. Because in the, mid, in the midfield, again, he's got all the makings. You know, I sit and talk wax lyrical about... You know Calvin Phillips and Jack Grealish all day, but you know Davies, he's an all-round midfielder with someone like Ancelotti in front of him, and Ancelotti's managed some of the best midfielders in the world. Remember, oh, gotcha. um, including my all-time favourite uh, Gennaro Gattuso. Um, so you know, it, with with those two, and then up front, Calvert Lewin. Calvert Lewin has again so much potential, and not just as a target man, he's got great feet, and this season he's proven that he can score goals. Everton, you know, they're again with Coleman at the back, Luca Dean. Couple of decent wingers, you know, maybe a, maybe a, a real a real baller midfielder, someone like a Tealman's that Leicester managed to get hold of, you know, Everton. I, I said it earlier. Thiago Silva's thirty-five, but he's on a free. Why not bring in a very very experienced defender to help out someone like a Holgate? You know, particularly again, if they have a if they have a good post lockdown nine games, you know. Which, by the by the by the looks of it, again, no one's expecting to beat Liverpool this season. The Watford game, you know, is, is a is a freak um, occurrence, you know, especially given the results for Watford since then. Um, it, it's Everton have the potential, and they're right there. And I said it at the start of the season, you know, Wolves, Leicester, and Everton. Which one of them is going to ascend and realise their potential? Obviously, we know about Leicester and what they're capable of doing on their day. You know, they've again Leicester. They've got a young, good manager. Um, they've got a very young squad as well. They probably need a striker. Wolves, we know all about Wolves. And again, they've got clout in the transfer market. If they go and command, you know, 70 plus million for Traore and then they reinvest that money, then they have, they, Wolves could be something special next year and really watch out for them. I'm not saying well, they're going to challenge when, for the Premier League. But. No, but no, the thing is, when you say that, when Wolves came up to the Premier League, their owners turned around and said, we would love to be able to challenge for a Premier League within the next 10 years. And everyone laughed. And it was it was a bit of a chuckle because when teams come up directly from the championship, they don't really go very, they don't really go that high. I mean, the highest um, first season league finish that I could think of was Ipswich when they came up. And they came fifth when they're like Pablo, Pablo Cunago and mm. <laughs> Alex Mathy and whatever. But when Wolves came up, they came up with a different dynamic and a different m- mentality. Mm. They they knew what their they knew their role. They knew what their place was. But they thought, you know what? Screw it. I don't care what you think. We're going to play our game, and it's worked. And you know how many how many players out out of the Wolves starting eleven. A lot of those players would be able to start for a top for six, top four club. 
and people might laugh at that, you know, but... Jimenez is being courted by, you know, potentially Real Madrid. Jimenez, Jimenez, I'd have Jimenez over Origi all day. All, all day, all day, and I think I think I think some Liverpool fans might might pipe up at that, but that's my personal opinion. But I'm right. Um, Adama Traore, he gets into that side. Do you know what? I think I don't. I don't think you're wrong. Den Donker, uh, Den Donker could fit in. Den Donker. Let's not talk about Neves, who for me is probably Neves. one of the best in the league. Yeah, really exactly. Do. But again, you know, looking at Everton, if Everton had a Neves in their team, you know. Who's to say that that Everton couldn't be challenging for a top four spot? I'm not sitting there saying they're going to do it because I think that, you know, anything goes. I think that the the, the middle ground, you know, particularly from sort of third through to sixth, there are, you know, there are there are four clubs in the Premier League off the top of my head. And I'm sorry, Gav, Arsenal aren't one of them. But, you know, oh, no, no, no. We're, we're, uh, Arsenal are nowhere near. Arsenal are absolutely embarrassment yeah. at the but moment. Again, you know, again, the main, the main point is with, with, with Everton is that, you know, signing Ancelotti isn't just a lot of people say things like, "Oh, he's finished," or you know, he does this, to, he does this to clubs, and he does that to clubs over time. No club in the Premier League would turn their nose up at Ancelotti if you needed a manager, and, and you know, he, he said he wanted to come. Unless so, you're but, Arsenal. Unless, unless you're right. Arsenal. Arsenal. Arsenal had a different idea. Um, one thing that happened in the world of Liverpool. I found this tweet earlier on today. Um, it's a very, very sad moment. Um, David and Gog has retired from football at the age of 31. Um, and I saw that tweet. And I was wanting to make everyone aware. It's such a shame. What a player David and Gog was. That is a lie. Um, a comment has just come through um, from, from our pal Sabra over there. Because um, we mentioned about Tom Davies. Because um, we are about to break down the uh, the game with, with Spurs. So it's nice. It'll lead in. Um, Tom Davies or Harry Winks? Calvin Phillips. Such a Leeds fan, isn't he? Such a Leeds fan. Sorry, uh, I can't help you there, Sam. Uh, for me, I, I'm I'll I, I'd be going Tom Davies and sort his discipline out a little bit. But I, like, um, I, I, I do like Harry Winks, but I, I just feel there's not enough to his game. There's players that do exactly what Harry Winks does, and they do it better. Fair. And again, Davies Davies needs Davies needs more time because he's not he's not settled in that squad. He's not proven the point that he is the guy, you know, to, to marshal that midfield, and you know, one start attacks and two quell things going in the other direction. Whereas Winks is settled in that Spurs squad and he knows his role. And under Mourinho, he could really thrive. So I want to see Winks in it. Ask, ask me again around Christmas if we're about halfway through next season, if, if we ever get it started. Yeah, it probably won't start anyway. But uh, let's talk about let's talk about Spurs. Um, Tottenham versus West Ham. That is tomorrow, which is Tuesday, the 23rd of June. Uh, it's uh, an uh, 8.15 kickoff. It's live on Sky Sports. Um, on paper, you think it's going to be a pretty comfortable, com- comfortable game, but West Ham could be tricky sometimes. It's not just a cliche which West Ham turn up. I'm good friends with a West Ham fan and we had a good chat about West Ham over the over the weekend. Uh, they have, you know, we talk about Water Everton. West Ham have zero identity. And it's not necessarily David Moyes' fault because I think the problem is with West Ham is that they're, they're a tourist club, club these days. You know, it, every every decision they make, Sebola has flopped. There's no, there's no waiting for him to step up, I think, anymore. It's, it just doesn't seem to be materialising. You know, and at this stage of the season, you know, with eight games to go, you really should be looking at, you know, a, t- a club like West Ham, you know, with, with the stadium and with the stature and with the money that they make as well. 
you know, signing a, a you know one marquee signing here and here and now every now and again. It doesn't, it doesn't, it's not worked for them. Bringing in David Moyes, you know, when Sam Allardyce is available, I don't know if it's going to be enough to save them. I think it's going to go down to a last game of the season thing against Villa for West Ham. I was going to say it's not an easy last game. It's against Aston Villa, yeah. and Aston Villa, you know, we don't know where they're going to be at that point. They could be in dire straits at that point. But um, Spurs, for me, I think it's going to be a Spurs victory. I was very. Very surprised when I saw that uh, Eric Dyer was starting in in the back four against Manchester United uh, at the weekend, and I was thinking because before the game I predicted a draw. I was thinking one all, maybe two all, and then I saw the team lineup. I was like, "Wow, that has got to be a three or four nil Man United." But Spurs were good. Man United they had their spells, and they 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 were brilliant at times. And I wouldn't blame Man United. Oh, more praise Spurs with their with their defending and their structure. I think they they defensively they handled Manchester United very well, but going forwards they were toothless. My um, my theory is this about that decision in the lineup is that Mourinho does these things every now and again to communicate with the board. So whether he's asked for some funds for for some defenders because they need new defenders because Vertonghen and Alvaro aren't getting any younger. They're still great defenders, but, you know, to, to start them on the bench and then, you know, start with, with, with Eric Dyer, you know, at centre-half, is an interesting choice. To Dyer and Sanchez is your starting two when you've got Jan and Alvaro on the bench, I think is... It's one of those classic Mourinho statements of intent, isn't it? Yeah, he does it with he does it with goalkeepers sometimes. He'll name two goalkeepers. Uh, I think I think what you probably see in there again is that. But again, we can't look too far into it, given how unprecedented the situation is. It might just be a case of those guys aren't fit enough. And if you play someone, you know, if you play Jan Vertonghen at you know sixty seventy percent against you know Rashford, who could be at ninety percent then you know he's going to have a field day. So that could be mm. the decision there. They, they you know Spurs going forward though. You know, they. I think I said this before. You know, coming out of lockdown, Spurs could really benefit from 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 that situation, given the fact that Harry Kane's come back, Huming Song come, has come back as well. You know, they've they've got they've got good players on the bench as well. You know, Lacelso has been coming off the bench. Uh, Lamella. Um, oh well, Lamella started at the, at, at the weekend, but they've also got Getson on the bench. Who who came on against Manchester United? And what what are your thoughts with Getson so far? Again, with Spurs, I think it's pieces to the puzzle, and they're not quite the full realised picture yet. You know, they need a full they need a full season under Mourinho. So get the rest of this season out of the way. I don't think Mourinho has been told he needs to achieve, you know, Champions League football. I think I think it's a case of what Liverpool did with Klopp: just establish a brand of football. You know, be be solid, get the most out of Harry Kane, which I think he's more than capable of doing. Um, as a, as a manager, you know, you look at some of the strikers that have played under him in the past and how they've performed in the seasons where he's where he's been at clubs. Um, Tottenham, again, it's another. It's not just Liverpool winning a title by such a stretch. Isn't just a case of Liverpool are amazing. There is no competition at the moment. A lot of this teams is are, such. This is this reminds me so much of the um, 2012-13 season where it's a team running away with it and everyone else is beating each other and there's a couple of yeah. near so or also yeah. runs. And this year, like this, the, if if the Liverpool won the year, title last year, it would have yeah. been an uber achievement. 
And this is not taken away. I'm so like mad hating on Liverpool today. Don't I? No. I'm, I'm not. I really am not. I said it at the beginning of last season. I was like, this is Liverpool's year. I sounded like a Liverpool fan. I was like, this is Liverpool's year. They're going to win it this year. And if they don't win it this year, they probably never will. Oh, I've, got, I've got that bit wrong. But what it is, is that I expected them to be pushed. They've not had any challenge. Well, and there's a lot of games where they haven't really got out of... There's a lot of games this season where they haven't really got out of, out of third gear. And that's, they've not needed to because yeah. they, have most, they have the most match winners. You know, they have the most settled squad as well. Um, you know, and it, they've, they've had the manager for the longest amount of time. So mm. let's look at it realistically, right? Let's go down the seasons. The reason that Liverpool and Man City might be, you know, and probably are the two best teams in the world because their managers have been there for over three years, right? Mm. Leicester have got a, a new manager in... Um, in Brendan Rodgers, right? We're going to Leicester got, next. That's a nice little segue. There you go. Well, you know, Chelsea have got a new manager in Frank Lampard. Um, Sheffield United, again, I think it's a freak occurrence season for them. They've got Chris Wilder, and you know they're they're having a really again teams in transition. Man United first full season with Oli. You know, Tottenham brand new manager in Jose Mourinho. Arsenal new manager in Arteta. Again, Wolves they've got a settled squad. They've got a settled manager, so that's why they've come into the fore. Everton mm. new manager. All these teams are in transition, which is why I strongly believe next year is going to be one hell of a season. And probably, in terms of competitive nature, I think it's not it's not going to be as as one sided as as it is here for Liverpool because I think those teams are going to come out swinging and those teams are going to be able to hurt Liverpool. And it, mm. again, it, it is the target. It's it's not just you know to, to bring Leeds into it, big Leeds chat, but like you know teams raise their games when they play Leeds United, and you know those teams are going to be able to raise their games when they come up and they play against Liverpool next year because everyone's going to be recruiting. Everyone, you know, Spurs didn't recruit for eighteen months under Pochettino. They got to a Very Champions true, League. Yeah. They got to a Champions League final, and no. Sometimes you can't recover from that. Potter's, you know, done a few interviews and he said the same thing. So, you know, going forward, Spurs, ask me at Christmas because they, they, they could be another club that really, really go to the next level. And yeah, Europa League might not help that. So, you know, a lot of Arsenal fans are saying now, like, you know, do we really want to win the Europa, you know, well, obviously they can't, but like, you know, do they really want to be winning something like the FA Cup or, or the Europa League and getting into, or getting into Europe next year? Because mm. what's, you know... What's the point in doing that? Chelsea spent a year out of all of Europe and they won the Premier League. And they won the Prem. Exactly. So Arsenal, stay out of Europe, going to win the Prem next year. Uh, Jack Calloway, here's watching the show. Thank you very much for watching, Jack. Um, he reckons that Chelsea will push more than Tottenham towards the towards the title for next year, in his opinion. I, I, can, I, I can see that as well. I think, I think Chelsea are not very far off having a very title-worthy winning side. I think they need, I think they need one more centre-half for me. Yeah. And that's it. I think they just need a decent top, maybe an Umpa Meccano, um, maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe, a, um, is it, oh, I can't remember, is, uh, is it Sane from, um, from um, Hertz Berlin, Hoffenheim, they both wear blue, don't remember which one, I, I think it's available. Um, uh, is available. Who is? Uh, Koulibaly is uh, potentially available. I've seen, I've seen Koulibaly in the flesh, he is not all that, Stop looking at FIFA cards, kids. That's all I'm saying on that one. No, uh, I, I, I think you're wrong there, Gal. I've seen what he can do in the Champions League, and uh, he's, yeah, again, and I've, 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 I've seen, I've seen, I've seen him in a couple of games live on on on, on paper. I've done mini scouting reports on him. Um, I don't. He he get he goes missing a lot. If you're watching it on telly, you'll see him do bits. But when you're watching him, when you're watching him live on the pitch. There's so many times where he's just out of position. He just goes wandering and things like. The fact that he is 
being earmarked for ninety million pounds and things like that. He is. I'd rather buy Lewis Dunk. I swear to God. No, I'm not even. I'm not even lying. Kids, not not you, not you, um, Adam. I'm just saying, kids in general, stop looking at FIFA cards when you're looking at a player. Watch the player and watch them in depth and see I what they're about. I hate to say about. it, but I, I hate to say it again to reference Leeds, but, you know, Ben White from Brighton, if Brighton get relegated, which, you know, uh, a lot of people want him to after his, after Brighton's, uh, Brighton's weekend performance against Arsenal and the way they, you know, the way they bullied that game, you know, someone like Ben White, who's on loan at Leeds, you know, if that team's got Premier League players in it, you know, I don't know if anyone's watched Ben White this season, but he would be an incredible acquisition for anyone because he stands out so much in the championship, he's far and away one of you know probably the best centre half in the league. I would. Well, he's, he's been earmarked as one of the best players in the in the in the in the EFL this season. So the fact that you know I haven't seen as much of him as as you have as as you can imagine, but from what I have seen of him, he's a top young talent and he is going places. Um, talk about Brighton, and you mentioned Leicester earlier on today. Whoa, there you go. Lovely little segue. Um, Leicester versus Brighton. That's also tomorrow, t Tuesday, the 23rd of June, if you're watching it tomorrow, which means the game is today. Um, at 6 p.m. on also on Sky Sports. Leicester, they'll, they didn't come out the block against Watford. Watford, for them, for me, I would say it's a, it's a very well won point for Watford at the weekend and two points dropped for Leicester. However, Brighton, a free hit game, they weren't expecting to get anything out of it and picked up three points against Arsenal. So, how can you see this one going? Um, again, it's so difficult to pinpoint exactly what can happen because of, of how lockdowns happened. Leicester were sharp against Watford. They just, I think a lot of teams have struggled to find their feet in front of goal, you know, barring obviously Newcastle at the weekend and Man City against Arsenal in the first game. It's... Um, it's, I, I would I would go with a Leicester win, uh, given again having watched Brighton, it was a smash and grab against Arsenal, and some you know poor mistakes allowed Brighton to win that game, mm. um, and some yeah very interesting obviously the, the whole goalkeeper thing. I think Arsenal were a bit rocked, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put that down to Brighton you know playing Arsenal off the park or anything like that. So uh, I, I'm gonna go with the Leicester two 0 pretty pretty solid conclusive stuff. Yeah, um, I'll tell you what I would love to see from Leicester a run of games starting games for Damari Gray he's he is he is the Theo Walcott of Leicester Let's in terms play. in terms of game time but he has got bags and bags of talent if he doesn't start these next few games if I was him I'd be looking at a move away because he he is good enough to play for anyone. I don't know whether it's an attitude thing. I don't know if there's any Leicester fans that are knocking around. I know you're a very good friend. One of your very good friends is a Leicester fan. And we've been in the car on the way to the studio back in the day when we were able to see each other in the flesh. And you, he's been on the phone to you talking about Leicester and how they've been getting on. I think, I think Damari Gray is better than a couple of players that could potentially sit in his position. I think if Leicester go with like a more of a 4-3-3 a three, three rather than a 4-5-1, then for me, he has to start. It has to be Vardy through the middle with Harvey Barnes and Damari Gray. I think the system that's worked for Leicester this year, you know, they're going to be reluctant to change that. And it's not, not to say that, you know, Demari Gray's this or he's not, you know, he's not good enough. But, you know, if he doesn't fit into that system, we, we spoke about it earlier with Nketiah very briefly, mm. you know, at Leeds, you know, 
I have no doubt in my mind that for the right club, Nketiah is going to score a bag load of goals because he's got talent and he's a very, very fit young man. He's very, very quick. Uh, and he's, you know, he gets them, run, them runs in behind a deadly. But, you know, someone like, but he didn't suit our system. It's the same thing with Gray at Leicester. If he doesn't suit that specific system, then, you know, they can get a good fee for him and send him off somewhere where he's going to be able to take points off of other clubs in the league for Leicester, you know. So yeah. that could be that could be a good bit of business for them. You've seen Man United do it for, for years. They, they give play, almost give players to their rivals. You know, they, they did it with um, Juan Veron to Chelsea, you know, knowing that he's going to, put good performances in and, you know, take points off of rivals by, by helping another squad. It's yeah, it's actually semi-clever. And um, there's a comment here from Adam Deering, a very good friend of mine, as everybody knows. Thank you very much for watching, Mr. Deering. Um, I don't see him playing ahead of Barnes. I think he's talking about Damari Gray. Well, no, I don't see him playing ahead of him. I expect to see a front three of, well, I say front three. It is a 4-2-3-1 technically, you know, with the three in behind being Madison in the number 10, as the kids call it nowadays, um, and then have Damari Gray and and Harvey Barnes either side of, of Jamie Vardy. I would like to see that, and I think that would be absolutely potent. I really think it would be. Um, but, uh, yeah, Brighton. Uh, let's talk, uh, talk about Brighton going back to a bit, a bit of breaking news from earlier on today, um, that there will be no further action taken against Matteo Guduzzi for the... Fracar, if you want to call it, with him and Neil Mopai. And personally, yes, I'm an Arsenal fan. Everybody knows it. Uh, but everyone knows I'm a football fan first. I, I think that Gunduzi's got away with that. And that's where we leave that one. Arsenal are, Arsenal are rocked at the moment. Uh, and their confidence is, God knows doing what, you know, their main man, their best striker is potentially leaving. Uh, you know, it's... Is and that for me could be a lot of players turning around and going, well, you know what, sod this, I'm out, jump ship. Mm. They really, they've, they've got a lot of work to do over the summer in terms of, you know, not chucking money at players and things like that, but they need to keep some of the top players that they've actually got because they've got a lot of talent at the club. And you know, you watched them in that Brighton game, and what more pay? You know, he's not, a, he's not a clinical great striker in the Premier League. You know, he's a great Championship striker. Oh yeah. But, you know, he's in that sort of Costa role where he just he's going to frustrate people and he's just going to get in your face and he's just going to wind you up. And obviously, and, I, and I'm sorry, I don't, we didn't necessarily agree with this. I don't think he's gone out to injure Bert Leno. No, I don't, I don't think so either. It's, it's innocuous. If there was no injury to Bert Leno, I don't think anybody would have any issue with the challenge whatsoever. Bert no, has landed I think Bert badly. Leno, I think Bert Leno would have because, you know, again, not, not that I, I do that kind of thing when I play football, but, you know, I'm not afraid to get very, very tactile with people and get in their face and things like that. And, you know, there's no... He jumps into the man after he's caught the ball and obviously... And then you want to see that from Gwendoza. You want to see a player like... You want to see your players backing you, like you want yeah, to. Yeah, but I like mean, have a little bit of substance. It's very, it's very like airy fairy. You know, I want to see, I want to see players. It doesn't matter what club you play for. I want to see players have that real guile and aggression. You know, back in the, I say back in the day, make out sound like I'm like sixty five, but like back in the day when we had like Roy Keane and. You know, Pacho Vieira and things yeah, like that. Yeah, that awesome. real aggression. There's no aggression in these players anymore, and it. it, it you well, know. They're all mates. They're all in group chats from you know, you know, tournaments when they were kids and things like that. And yeah, but no, no, no. I disagree with you there because the way that the game's evolving and stuff like that. So obviously, like you know, 
No, I, I disagree I, with you I there, think, Adam. Because I'm with Gwendouzi there, because Gwendouzi's obviously come out and, and you know he's backing his man, and and mm. it's you know I think what they've just looked at and gone right. Do you know what? It's just it's a it's a it's a horrible situation. Gwendouzi's made a bit of an idiot of himself, and yeah, he has gotten away with it. But I think the situation is is that you know if we push if we punish players for being impassioned and you know impassioned you know, for for grabbing someone around the throat. No, no, no. But this is the point. It's not, it's not yeah. caused any. It's not caused any damage. Mope has caused damage. You know, Mope yeah. has not caused any further yeah. action. Okay, but, yeah. You know, okay, because even to... this is right. Is that what Mope has done? In my opinion, and you know, if people disagree, that's fine. But mm. yeah, he didn't mean anything by the challenge. But it's not a mistimed challenge. He's physically jumped into the player after he's got the ball to you know to to try and cause you know something. And he's injured the player. So you have to look at that realistically, whether it's, mm. you know, with intent or not. You know, I don't think human song meant to break, you know, Gomez's leg. No, well, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll see what you mean. But, but like, going back to what you were saying it. about, like, you know, where, where's the aggression and like, they're all mates on, off the pitch and that sort of stuff. Look, um, for, for years, most of the Spanish national side have been built up with at least like in their squad of 23, you're looking at 15 by uh, uh, Barcelona and Real Madrid players. And they're all in WhatsApp groups. They're all best pals and all that sort of stuff. But when it comes to El Clasico, they absolutely frigging hate each other and they'll go for it hell for leather. I'm watching the game. I'm watching the games uh, the weekend and the French players from either side having a nice little conversation with each other on the pitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hope you had a great time. Uh, and the Dutch players, excuse me, off the pitch, having a lovely conversation. That doesn't happen in Spain. And it doesn't happen in La Liga. But it happens in the Premier League. And, like, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm just going to start focusing on the Bundesliga. That's what I'm going to start doing. Uh, but not 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 until uh, the end of the season, at least. Uh, let's move on. We've only got a couple more games to run through because we need to run because it's, it's Man City in 15 minutes. And if you're a Northampton Town fan, you'll be watching the telly right now. Um, so, uh, Wolves. Uh, oh, no. Newcastle versus Aston Villa. Um, we did speak about this briefly earlier on. Oh, spit guard. There you go. Um, we spoke about this a little bit um, earlier on today. Uh, Newcastle, I can see them... After after that performance, they're going to be really hyped up. I can't see Joe Linton scoring, but I can see a Newcastle tight victory, a little cheeky one nil or something. Now I've gone with a one one on this one. I think, I think, I, th I think it's got the potential to be a really good game. And I was saying this earlier about you know players shot window in themselves. You know, if Villa are Villa are fighting to stay up, <clears> so first and foremost, those guys have contract incentives and they have an incentive in themselves, their own pride. But you know, players like Grealish probably aren't going to be there next year. Mm. Um, you know, so he, and he's the captain, he's expected to put in performances, but at the end of the day, um, Newcastle, those players are going to be fighting to stay there. If Steve Bruce does remain as manager, which I actually, my, my opinion is changing, not just because of, you know, the win at the weekend, but because again, it will just, they could end up seeing themselves go backwards if they get a new manager in and they have to overhaul the squad. I'm, I'm going to go for a 1-1 draw there, but I think it's going to be an entertaining game. That game is live on Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday, the 24th of June. Exactly one month till my birthday, but exactly the same day as my little stepson, Harry. So, therefore, everybody needs to make sure you wish Harry a happy birthday, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show. That game is live on BT Sport. Um, also on BT Sport um, is Wolves versus Bournemouth, kicking off at the same time. So it just depends on what team you support. Um, Bournemouth, they are lost. 
They're gone. Finished. They're, done. They're, they're gone. I, I can't see it being yeah. a hammer in this game, though, mind. I can't, um, see, I can't see it being a hammer. But in terms of possession and like chances created, I can see I can see Wolves being on the forefront by by a country mile. Uh, it's going to be nice to see Brooks here again, though, for, for Bournemouth. He got some game time at the weekend and it's his first game of the season. And I, I felt... If this is the first time you ever watching two up top, I love David Brooks and I think he has the potential to be a world-class player and I swear to you, but he is one of the most talented young players out there right now and it's so unfortunate that he spent the whole year out. We were talking on the weekend show about Bournemouth. They should be okay now. That like Bournemouth, Newcastle, teams that have had the world's worst luck with injuries. Norwich, you know, at times they've had eight, nine, ten first-team players out. And Bournemouth at the weekend, they were just, they just fell apart. And, and, and Crystal Palace are now on for a European push. I'm gutted for them. Uh, we, I'm, I'm, I'm gutted for Bournemouth because I, I do really, really like Eddie Howe. I think it's... So you gutted for Bournemouth or you gutted for Eddie Howe? I'm gutted for both of them because I think, you know, they've, they've, they've been in the Prem for, what, five years now? You know they've they've got a good they've got a good squad there they've got very very talented players they've got a great talented young coach but it's not to do with the way that the club's been run um, but you know they can't they can't compete in terms of the Premier League in bringing players in they've had to work on a budget it was always going to be it was always going to happen it was always going to be a sinking ship because, well know, they got done for FFP didn't they yeah but they've got you know they, how can they compete they can only generate X amount of money via obviously you know Dean Court. So it's something that they're looking at getting a new stadium, but and I've no doubt that they can bounce back. Maybe maybe Eddie Howe stays and you know has them in the championship and can keep the bulk of the squad together because I think they'd stay for Eddie Howe. But are you saying they're going down this year? Then they're down. I think they're done. They're gone. Wow. That's I harsh. think they're gone. Yeah. I don't. I think. I think it's, it's not harsh done. at all. It's, it's, no, it's just an no, honest no, thing. No, 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 no. Well. I, I, I feel they might scrape it. I feel just might scrape it. Um, the other game that's happening at six o'clock on Wednesday, the 24th of June, exactly one month to my birthday and the same day as my stepson Harry's birthday. Make sure you wish him a happy birthday. It's going to be five years old. Um, is um, is Norwich versus Everton. Uh, I think Everton are going to hammer him. I really do. Well, one second. What's for Everton? Um, <laughs> Nor- Norwich are gone. We know Norwich are gone. Um, they really needed to win against Southampton at the weekend. Well, the first one, the first game, it's the Friday game. And they, they opened up the first five, ten minutes. They were brilliant. And after that, they looked really, really shoddy. Um, that game is live at six o'clock on... On uh, on BBC. So the first half you'll be able to watch it on BBC Two, and the second half you need to check over to BBC One. But as I said in the comments, you can see there um, um, live on BBC. Check your listings. Um, I, I fear for Norwich because there's um, obviously the double dip exists in the Championship. Uh, Huddersfield are in danger this season. Uh, you know we've seen it happen to Sunderland uh, as well. Obviously they're still in League One. Uh, Norwich are going to lose Campwell. Norwich are going to lose Pookie. Um, Norwich are going to lose Buendia. Norwich are going to lose Max Aaron's. 
it's very, you know, they've got on paper, they've got a very, very talented squad uh, and they play lovely football, but they've just not got the job done against the teams around them. You know, as, you know, going out and beating Man City early on in the season is great. Yeah, it's tidy. It's nice, a bit of ego boost. But at the end of the day, if you can't turn up against no. your Bournemouths, you can't turn up against your Villas, you know, they, they, they got tonked at home only a couple of weeks after they beat Man City by Villa 5-1. And They're going to that- need to be really, really really, you know, really smart in the summer in who they bring in with some loan signings and stuff. But the thing is, FFP is getting much, much tighter down in the championship. We've seen four clubs this season, you know, be charged. And I think they're giving them a little bit of leeway given the current situation. But, yes. you, know, you know, Derby, Birmingham, Sheffield Wednesday are in big, big trouble. So Norwich need to be very, very careful because the championship is so competitive. And uh, yeah, no disrespect to Norwich fans, but, you know, and they'll say the same thing. They're, they're done. They are indeed. Uh, and the final game we'll, um, we'll preview is also on Wednesday night, the 24th of June. Um, quarter past eight kickoff. Liverpool could potentially win the title that day. However, I do feel that Man City are going to win today against, Bour- uh, against Burnley. So therefore, they will have to wait until they play against each other midweek next week. Um, Chris Dambull all over again? This is what I said. It's... It's got history. I don't think Liverpool will have jitters because they know that they're going to get the job done at some point. Um, you know, I said City could go nine for nine. You know, Liverpool aren't going to go two. Aren't going to go one for one for eight. Yeah. So you know, they're, they're, Liverpool will get the job done by hook or by crook. I don't think they'll be perfect across these nine games. I don't think they'll care. Like I think the thing that hurts Liverpool the most is the fact that you know the history books will show them lifting the title in empty stadiums, and it's it's heartbreaking for them because. It's such an important moment. It's something that, you know, if Leeds get promoted without throwing it away against Cardiff, um, you know, if, if Leeds get promoted, we're not going to be able to celebrate how we want to celebrate. And if, if even if we do, I have to ask myself the question is, do I put myself and my loved ones at risk by going to Leeds, you know, just for a, you know, for a moment in history? You know? Yes. <laughs> it's a tough one. It's a, it's oh, a tough one. Yeah. By, by then, by then, we reckon that the R number is going to be like 0.5 and then that, that 1 to 5, that, that, that Nando's chart is going to be on like a 2. So you a lemon and lime. Yeah, it'll be on the lemon and lime uh, yeah, before the mile. I, I have to ask myself the question. I, I'm happy with having my good friend Will come <laughs> over uh, and, and uh, you know, we can, we can cry if we don't do it and we can cheer if we do. Brilliant. Um, I'm going with a 4-0 Liverpool win, by the way. Uh, right. Uh, just let everybody know what's happening on two up top over the next few days. So on uh, on Thursday, uh, we have at 11am the Premier League Game Day 31 review um, live on our YouTube channel. And if you don't know what our YouTube channel is, um, well, you're clearly not paying much attention to the two up top football um, football. Facebook page or my personal Facebook page where I've been plugging this left, right and centre, but don't worry about it. I'll put it up anyway. It's at to top football on all social media platforms anyway. Um, on Thursday at 5pm, so we've got two shows on Thursday. We've got our five midfield. We're doing our top five list. That's going to be live on our Facebook page. We're going through our top five fullbacks of all time. Yes, Seth Johnson is going to make an appearance. Or is he? Um, on Saturday at 11am, our weekend preview of our, of the FA Cup games. That's going to be live on YouTube. Sunday, the 28th of June at 11am. It's the final day 
review of the Bundesliga season and we've absolutely loved it so far and Flo Wolfram from Bayer Leverkusen will be joining us on the show as always and then on Sunday night um, so no show on Monday um, on Sunday night we'll be preview we'll be reviewing all the games that happened in the Premier League as well as the FA Cup games and that show will be on YouTube and as you can see at the bottom of the screen all shows are available on all major podcast providers or on anchor.fm forward slash T-U-F-T, which stands for Two Up Top Football. Um, Haralal. Yes. Thanks for joining me tonight, mon frere. Cheers, man. Thanks for having me. Oh, stop it. Um, you're part of the family. You all know this. But um, for myself and the handsome Greek goddess over there, thank you. And goodbye.